As we continue our series in Psalm 119, we've come to the end, verses 169 through 176. And here it seems that the psalmist is gathering together all of the great cries, the great desires of his heart. This is the great cry at the end. And so what we want to do today is get a sense of the structure, and then tomorrow we'll dive deep into deeper into the details, but as you read through it, notice seven times in these eight verses, there's the word let, let my cry, let my supplication, let my lips, let my tongue, let your hand, let my soul, let your ordinances. It's this great cry where he's crying out to God to let these things happen, these things I need, these things I desire, let them happen. So the first big question is, all right, what's the, what's the order? What's the structure? How does this all fit together? And I think what you can see in this final section are four great cries, a cry to be heard, a cry to praise, a cry for help, and a cry to bring me home. 
So the cry to be heard, 169 and 170. Let my cry come before you. Let my supplication come before you. You Real, passionate, vibrant, biblical praying often begins here with a cry to be heard. See, even though there is a deep, intimate relationship between the Lord and his people, there is no cocky prancing into his presence. The key word in these first two verses is before you. That's the desire. That's the request. That's the need. Let me enter into your presence before you. And then notice the two requests. Give me, deliver me, give me understanding, a, a, a request for revelation, and then deliverance, revelation and grace, the two great things I need. It's a cry to be heard. Then in 171 and 172, it's a cry to praise. Here it seems that the cry is for help in making the appropriate response. The key words here are lips and tongue. Let my lips utter praise. Let my tongue sing. So the focus is on how I respond with the words of my mouth. And this is so important to learn. Maybe it's just the season of life we're in or this current stage, but it seems the parenting challenge or the act of discipline we address more than any other is responding to inappropriate responding. So we say, we know you're upset. We know you're angry that this was taken from you. But is hitting your brother in the head the right response? Is screaming out the right response? And whether we're immature relationally, emotionally, or spiritually, one of the first great and continual lessons is what is the appropriate response? And here, he knows that praise is the proper, the proper response for revelation. Notice the two great fours. For you teach me. For all your commandments. Praise. That's how I should be responding with my mouth. But often I don't. I complain. I bicker. I fight. I argue. I defend. But notice here what leads to praise. For you teach me. It's your teachings. There's a great J.I. Packer who just passed away last week, always says, theology is for doxology. Praise is the point. Your teaching should lead to praise. Notice the third cry in 173 to 174. This is a cry for help. Now, I see in these last four verses, you have a strong element of personal testimony. Notice all the I language. I have, I long, my delight. I have, I do not. Now he's turning towards his experience, his reality. Prayer has turned from praise to current need. And here he's crying for help, but I think the help is oriented not just making the right response, but in making the right choices. Notice how he highlights, I have chosen, but I long for. Your law is my delight. So it's almost here like he's saying, now help me live like it. The great cry for help is help me to live up to my own desires, my own values. These are the things I love. Now, please help my life to reflect it. And it's so easy for our life to get disoriented where we're actually not doing the things we, we love and we value and we treasure. And here it's a realistic cry for help. Help my life to fall in line with the things that I claim to love. And then these last verses is a cry to bring me home. 
175 and 176. And this was surprising to me. How, of all the ways, this incredible poem, this amazing psalm, this intricate and artistic and skillfully crafted and woven poem could end, it ends with a confession and a cry, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek me. Oh, God, come get me. Bring me home. And it's worth pausing and thinking, why does it end this way? Of all the ways, it's forcing on us reality. And there is no greater reality. There is nothing more true than our own feeble, lost, stumbling nature. He recognizes at the end of the day, even when you factor in his best efforts and his earnest desires, his aspirations, he still has gone astray like a lost sheep. And notice the twofold solution. Oh God, seek us. Divine action. You must seek your servant. You are the good shepherd. Come, find me. And then personal obedience. I will not forget your commandments. Here is where I will resolve to act. God seeking, us responding in personal obedience. And I find it so refreshing, so encouraging, so beautiful that here it ends with an honest confession of wondering, prone to wonder. He feels it. And then the reality of the faithful shepherd coming for the faltering sheep. So maybe that would be a good theme of this last section. This is a manual for how the faithful shepherd comes for his faltering sheep. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father.